Welcome to Promo Insiders, an ASI media podcast that covers the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm CJ Mitica, Editor-in-Chief of ASI Media, and today I'm joined by Steve Ellert, National General Manager of Arch Promo Group. Today we're discussing the company's recent run of acquisitions. What prompted it and what's next? We'll find out today. Steve, thank you for joining us. Good morning and thanks for having me. So you guys have been very active with recent acquisitions, um, acquiring uh, Stromberg and Drumline in the past couple couple months and unveiling the, the Arch promo name this year. So you know, for our listeners, for our viewers, I mean, what you know, what prompted this run of activity and where and where did the and, and where did this Arch promo group idea come from? Well, it is our objective to grow uh, market share within the uh, promotional products industry. And we see that there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, we are owned by a holding company in St. Louis. And, you know, for, for that, we have people who are, we have a team that is actively looking for opportunities. Um, and, you know, and quite honestly, at some point, it's just a matter of you get a string of good luck and good opportunities fall into your lap. Uh, you know, the, the last three, you know, including Pro Rose. So in 2022, we had Pro Rose in Stamford, Connecticut, that was acquired in January. Uh, we had Drumline in Arkansas that was acquired in May. And then recently in July, we just had the acquisition of the Stromberg Umbrella Company um, up in New York. So it's just a matter of the opportunities have been there. Uh, the deals usually come together fairly quick. And it's just a matter of us being able to um, take advantage of the opportunities that are there. Certainly make sure it is a good fit on any of these acquisitions, not only for ourselves, but obviously, you know, we keep the legacy of the family in mind as well. We don't want to acquire their company and um, immediately make changes. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just been um, being able to find the right opportunities at the right time and, and, and jumping when they're there. So, where do you see Arch in in the market marketplace? You have you have all all these different um, suppliers now, di- di- different product lines, different brands. So where where do you again where do you see Arch fitting in where, for for what distributors are, are looking for? Yeah, I mean the big thing with Arch to make sure that you know we properly explain you know what our goals are. Our goal is to continue to run all of these facilities independently. Uh, they have local decision makers that can quickly react uh, to opportunities, to issues, um, and basically we're we're here kind of to oversee and you know be able to give them the tools needed to succeed. Um, so as our you know objective uh, within the promotional product product marketplace, <coughs> excuse me, um, it's just to be able to continue to. You know, like I said, operate them individually, let them maintain their brand identity. Uh, some of the, you know, the, the companies that are doing the same thing as us, rebrand them all under, you know, their name, you know, their, the individual divisions get to keep their identity. Um, it's our goal to, you know, we don't want to do anything to interfere with um, the successful name and brand recognition that these locations have. Yeah, it's an interesting um decision, but I've seen it happen both ways in our industry uh, in, in the time that I've been in, in it for now, almost 15 years, where some companies like to 
when they make an acquisition, bring it under their, their brand name and sort of bring them into the fold. Um, but I've also seen other ways as as Arch is doing is to let to let these suppliers stand on their own with their established brand identity. What what led you to to go with that decision to to keep sort of the 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 identity that's already been in place with the companies you're acquiring? Well, our objective is to you know maintain the legacy that these companies have. Um, our as part of our closing strategy, we always want to know who is going to operate the business moving forward. We don't have a team of managers that we can just go and drop in at these locations. So our goal is obviously to keep the key personnel. Uh, Stromberg, we still have two of the Stromberg family members um, that are, are going to continue to work with us. At Drumline, we have Amberly Barnes, who is the, the daughter of Dennis and Nelda when they sold. It, it's just, it's our objective to keep the good feet, the, the good people in place um, and be able for them to continue to operate with as little interruption um, from me as possible. <laughs> so I want to take a, a step backwards. Um, we were talking about how the, the Arch name was just unveiled this year um, and that there's a holding company that that's that's making this at, at, at these acquisitions. So where, where did this all, all get started? started? What was sort of the, the original start of, of this, this company that's now become Arch Promo Group? Yeah, we are a subsidiary of Confluent Holdings, which was started in 2015 um, in St. Louis. And, you know, we're, we're not the only division that they have. They also have um, another division that um, is similar to us. They are in the uh, the tool and die and the paper, so that it's kind of similar operations. And, you know, certainly the holding company looks to expand and continue to expand. Um, so Gemini was one of the, the early acquisitions. Um, we were in 2016 after Confluence started in 2015. Um, and then in, since then we've, you know, 2017, we acquired F&H Ribbon, uh, which was brought in as part of Gemini Industries, um, poor timing. We acquired TK Sorgs um, in November of 2019, right before COVID began, uh, which, you know, unfortunately we we managed our way through. And then, you know, like I said, we've had the, the three acquisitions in 2022, starting with Pro Rose, uh, moving on to Drumline, and now the Stromberg Umbrella Company. So we will continue to be the holding company will, um, they kind of give me the green light to manage this as we um, see most fit to be most responsive. Um, it is a very family, a small group, a family run high ethics company uh, that I work for. And that's the, the attitude that we want to carry into the facilities. What types of companies does Arch look for? We are, I mean, ultimately we don't have, we're not looking to expand in any one product category. We're not looking to dominate the cup and napkin, you know, segment or the umbrella segment. I mean, certainly we would like to eventually grow those if the right opportunities are there, but ultimately we're looking for, you know, we have a solid stable growth strategy uh, we want, you know, stable companies. We're not looking for the next flashy thing. Uh, you know, we're just looking for stable companies that we can build and continue to grow. 
know, and conversely, what does Arch offer that is a compelling proposition for, for these established industry suppliers? The, the one thing that we have started is with many of these smaller, as we all know, it's a challenge to run a small business nowadays. Uh, from everything from inflation to staffing to supplier issues, all of these things are factoring in. And just having the network of other general managers that the locations can reach out to and look for guidance, as well as coming to um, our our support as well. Um, the big thing is when we actually had our first introductory, uh, we don't really have a brand for it, but if you look at it, a family chat where we get all the general managers onto a call and they're able to openly communicate and ask, you know, how are you handling your, you know, staffing issues or vendor issues and just having a sounding board uh, for the general managers to be able to run ideas by the rest of the group is very rewarding for them. Um, you know, not everybody has the greatest idea and, you know, we all have ideas that we want to try and see how well they work. Well, now we have a group of um, facilities that if you want to try something new in marketing or try a new policy, you have other people who have already done it that can say, you know, it worked well or it didn't work at all. And, you know, and they can talk through it. Um, and there's, there's a real benefit of having that, you know, that team environment where they can share ideas and, you know, rather to recreate every new idea, you know, they can ask the other guys what they're doing that works and what doesn't. Um, at the end of the day, the facilities are, um, you know, responsible for, you know, growth, maintaining and staffing, which is the big thing nowadays. Um, certainly we're here as we, you know, acquire the smaller companies, we're now able to, you know, offer them certain benefits and reward the, the longevity of the employees and certainly help in, recruiting as well. That you bring up um, something that's been a, a hot button issue, which is um, staffing, hiring. It's been a huge pain point for suppliers. We just released da data from our state of the industry report um, that shows us how how difficult it, it's been. Um, what what has what Arch been able to do to address that issue to 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 keep employees to find to find good ones so that they, they can that all your companies can help distributors. Yeah, I mean like I said, the big thing that we've been able to bring, which has certainly helped in the recent acquisitions, is being now able to offer benefits in a more stable working environment for you know employees. And that is becoming more and more important. In all honesty, more important than you know, being able to pay people a higher wage is being able to treat them with respect, know that they have an input to the success of the company and being able to offer them everything from, you know, health and medical insurance and, you know, proper vacations and 401ks and the benefits that people expect. Um, and those are the types of things that are, you know, helping us uh, retain the employees that we have and certainly recruit a higher quality of employee moving forward. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, you know, talking to distributors, um, the, the most common complaints we hear right now is that there's at least a lot of frustration with suppliers as it relates to inventory availability and supply chain, obviously, uh, and reliability, and certainly as it ties into good 
customer service. Um, what what have you done as, as a company to address these issues and to be there for your distributor customers? Well, the important thing for us is to maintain an American-made product. Uh, most of our products that we sell, we're bringing in raw inventory. We're not bringing in finished goods and just embellishing them. Uh, we do, we certainly do a very small percentage of uh, the business is imported products from overseas. We try to min minimize that, um, but we also, the, the business that we do import, um, we go out of our way to make sure we have uh, very good relationships with our suppliers. Um, you know, it, it's always advantageous when you're able to pay your vendors on time, you're gonna get more responsive service. You know, obviously at the drumline division, there's a huge shortage of paper available in the market. And, you know, being able to have good solid relationships uh, with our supplier, with our suppliers will always help in the long run. Um, you know, as I stated, you know, we're proud to be American made on almost everything that we do. Um, you know, we've got facilities that are, you know, operated as a union facility, which, you know, certainly allows us to bring in more business as well. But the big thing is being able to, you know, have the policies in place where you're managing your inventory. And when you have those issues where you can't get certain products, being able to offer an alternative to the uh, distributors, being able to work with them. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate when somebody wants a specific item, if it's not available, but if it isn't available, what can we do for them uh, to be able to offer options and openly communicate throughout the process so that they know, you know, the worst thing we can ever do is tell a customer a job's going to ship. And then, you know, a week after it was supposed to go tell them, Hey, by the way, our inventory never came in. Um, you know, us, we're, we're no different than anybody else. None of us are perfect, but our goal certainly is to openly communicate any delays and do everything we can to get them. You know, like I said, if they can't have exactly what they want, let's give something, you know, very close or better at the same price when that's an option. I want to follow up on the made in USA point. We've seen at um, ASI and Counselor historically, uh, clients, distributors have, have been, have expressed a desire for me in USA, but um, have always sort of hesitated because of, uh, because of the in increased price. They really, they haven't, they haven't always followed through on what, what they said. Um, but it seems like since the pandemic started, there's been maybe a shift in that, in that convert conversation. I'm curious, what's, what's been your, your perspective? How do you see distributors and, and buyers approaching made in USA right now? Well, I mean, obviously there's a push to get everything made in the USA. And a lot of that is probably predicated more on frustrations of, you know, delays receiving inventory from overseas. We hear all the stories about the ports. Um, you just hear, you know, issues with that goes. Currently, I mean, availability of inventory is, I mean, it's actually starting to revert back a little bit um, from the standpoint, people are more concerned about being able to get their product than what they are about, you know, it's not always, you know, required that it's made in the USA, but we will always continue to push that. Um, that is certainly our objective. If we have an American option um, for a raw, raw material that we need, we're gonna go that direction. Um, you know, the, the counterpoint to that is as the import fees and, you know, tariffs and just the simple cost of getting a container from overseas 
as those rises have escalated, as the delays in shipments have increased, um, it, it's just becoming a much easier sales tool to say that, you know, we're getting our products from the United States. We know the availability is there. Um, we're not going to, you know, have to wait two months for a container to come overseas. Um, you know, anything can get shipped across the country in a matter of days. So any opportunity we have to push the American products, we will always do that. Okay, fantastic. I want to ask about consolidation. It's definitely been a defined trend in our industry. We've seen it on both the distributor and the supplier side, though there's been ebb and flows. The pandemic certainly had uh, an effect on it in, in 2020, but we've seen now that sort of put that in that post-pandemic phase, companies are e eager to start start buying it again. So I, as, as sort of a, a broad view of consolidation, where, where do you see it in the promotional products industry? You know, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's getting more and more challenging to run a small business. Um, a lot of the comments we hear from, you know, the sellers are, it's just getting more and more difficult. Um, it, it's just with, you know, the, the regulations, the, um, you know, everything involved with running a small business is more difficult. Um, so we look at, you know, the opportunity for, for smaller companies that want to be part of a bigger group that, you know, can have somebody else take over the regulations and deal with that and make sure we're monitoring and doing everything, not only ethically and legally, but, you know, the proper way of doing it. Um, there's just a lot of opportunity to, you know, take some of that burden off the smaller companies. Um, obviously, we have a very structured accounting system where that takes a lot of the, you know, the day-to-day the day headaches away from, you know, the small companies. They're not having to be the ones that are dealing with the cash flow issues and everything else. So there is always a benefit to being a part of a larger group and a larger organization. Um, even though we operate them individually, we do br still bring a lot of um, advantages to them that certainly we can take a lot of the, you know, the headaches of running the business, we can kind of make those go away and take care of some of those for them so that the individual locations can truly concentrate on doing what's in the best interest of the customers and their employees and, you know, get back to the way these, these businesses all started. They all start with the goal of we want to be good at what we do. You know, we want to do the right thing. We want to be sustainable. We want to, you know, you're taking all of these perspectives um, and trying to, to meld them into your operation. And we're able to, you know, eliminate some of their headaches and allow them to get back to what it is uh, they really want to do. And that's ultimately to take care of their customers. Makes sense. So you've already been a very busy 2022. Are, are you just taking the rest of the year off? But what's, what's the goal for our promo for, for the rest of this year and beyond? I, I honestly do not expect us to be done. Um, you know, just the the buzz of when we acquired Stromberg, it was announced the morning that ASI Chicago started. And by the end of the second day, we had had three additional companies that approached us to begin discussions. Um, as we all know, some of those are successful and some of them aren't. Um, it's being able to find the right fits, but we do certainly intend uh, to continue our goal of acquiring two to three new facilities on an annual basis, um, as long as it's sustainable. We don't want to get too big to the point that, 
you know, we lose, we lose track of what our goals and objectives are, but, you know, when we find the right opportunities, we want to make sure we're there to um, offer the sellers an opportunity to, in all honesty, politely, peacefully be able to move on to the next stage of their life, knowing that their employees and their legacy is being maintained and reinforced. And that is that is that will always be very important important to us um, that we don't try to change the identity. You know, if we if we acquire a successful company, there's no reason for us to go in to try to change it. Um, just offer them all the support we can, and you know, let them uh, let them move forward and continue the success that they have. Okay, well, fantastic. Well, Arch, Arch Promo has been making some ways this year in the promo industry and looks like plans to, to make, make some more. So just wanna say good, good, good luck the rest of the way and we'll be, we'll be watching for some future moves. All right, we appreciate it and thanks for your time today, CJ. All right, thank you, Steve. And thank you everybody for watching and listening to Promo Insiders. Have a great day.